This is the 10 Minute Contrarian Podcast. This is VP. We are a solutions based podcast, diving into the world of contrarian investing and alternative finance. You can find us hosted on the No Nonsense Forex YouTube channel, nonsenseforex.com, and podcast players everywhere. Episode 131 is brought to us by Bybit. Apart from all the great things I, I talk about every week about the actual trading platform, the spot market on Bybit is very underrated. You can get almost anything you want on it, including a lot of very small cap tokens that people are into right now, and they have a whole list of IDOs coming out exclusively on Bybit, which means they're not going to be available anywhere else. It's a great out to have, even if it's not going to be your main spot market. So whatever your reason is for signing up, make sure you do it through my link. You're going to find the blog for that link down below in the show notes. Read that blog as it always has the most up-to-date information for you. Click the link down below and get yourself started because no matter if you're trading or you're buying on the spot market, when you're with Bybit, membership has its rewards. It is the 10 Minute Contrarian Podcast. And just a quick programming note, I am shooting this on a Friday night because I'm leaving town on Saturday. So we should have this out to the podcast players by Friday night. And then we'll go ahead and upload to YouTube on Saturday morning. And I've been on the phone and on Twitter spaces pretty much all day today, so my voice is a bit shot. Thank you for putting up with me anyway. And a very happy holidays to everybody. By the way, in case I forget to say it later, we will have one episode after this before the new year, and that episode is always my report card for the end of 2023. So I wanted to sneak one more episode in before we started getting into the predictions episodes in early January, um, because those usually take a while, and I did not want to leave this subject out because as contrarians we like to kind of pay attention to where people are sleeping and people aren't actually sleeping on this but it's just not the narrative right now so uh, a youtube channel that i follow put out a spreadsheet of the top performing crypto narratives and remember everything in crypto nowadays is run by narrative the technology means nothing it's all narrative so what he did is he listed the top narratives performance wise since the start of the run-up we had in late October, early November. And number one, and it, it wasn't even close. It was seven times narrative number two. <laughs> Does anybody know what it is? You can probably guess. Unfortunately, it was meme coins. And I've gotten people who asked me before, like, hey, you know, VP, you spot this opportunity, don't you? It, it's asymmetrical as it gets. You know, why don't you participate more in meme coins? And I guess the simple answer really is just don't have to, don't want to. I also don't really support them. The only redeemable quality is it does get new people into crypto. But apart from that, I wish they didn't exist and I wish they were completely illegal. Suck it. But number two, it was not gaming. It is actually the subject of episode 131. And that is the DeFi market. Yeah, we're talking about actual DeFi tokens here and how they performed. As a whole, as a whole entire sector, they actually outperformed gaming. And I was really surprised to hear this. I mean, everything crypto-wise was being used more in this run-up. So it's natural that DeFi itself would have had a run-up. Activity is certainly up, but it's nowhere near, nowhere near its highs from back in 2021. Yet the tokens have done really well. So let's break this down a bit in terms of what we can maybe expect going forward. I would say the biggest bear case, and the only real bear case that I can think of, I mean, the bad thing about DeFi is it does get hacked a lot, but it gets hacked less and less as time goes by. So long term, we should actually be grateful for those hacks. 
because it does make these networks a lot stronger. So, again, the only real bear case I can think of is if the United States government decides to go after it, which, frankly, I'm surprised they really haven't yet. Um, they have in little spurts here and there, but not a full-on assault like they did with Binance, which I think is much less of a competitor to the governments and their puppeteers, the big banks, to where DeFi certainly is. Now, we're going to talk a lot about the election and try our, our hardest to do it from a non-political standpoint as we can in the year 2024, because I think that is going to be the biggest narrative for everything. You know, unfortunately, an election in one country should not have this much of a ripple effect everywhere else, but it just does. And if the current administration gets voted out, well, then the, the chances of these things happening go down a lot. But we don't know if that's going to happen. The future is very uncertain, but that is the one bear case I can really see. I didn't expect DeFi usage to go up as much as it did during this run-up. Um, again, I'm really surprised. I, the first time I heard of it was when I got word that a um, friend of the program, dear friend of the program, Cardano, was experiencing record high activity and TVL in their DeFi system. And I'm like, Cardano? Really? <laughs> DeFi 1.0 in Cardano was an absolute joke, and it failed. And it was a black eye on that chain. And there hasn't been a lot of improvements since. You know, they still have the same DEXs garnering most of the activity. There's a couple new ones, but they're not really doing a whole lot. So what gives? I don't really know. If I'm being honest, Cardano is probably never going to be the cheapest or the fastest chain. But hey, I'll take it. And if you simply go to DeFiLlama.com, you can see that activity is just way up across the board. And you know, apart from simple narratives, I can see this increasing more and more as life becomes tougher and tougher for your everyday citizen. And you know, maybe you know, say you're in the United States or you have access to US banks, you can get five, 5.5% return on a T-bill, which don't get me wrong, is a great option. Um, but for your everyday person, if you do that, you're not gonna have access to that money, at least not really quickly. So I can understand how DeFi would be appealing. Now, I hope they don't make the same mistakes they did before and just chase the highest yield. Um, that is a recipe for disaster, as we have all seen. But there are still really good grown-up versions of it. And really, the grown-up versions and the dumb dumb versions are all taking off right now. So if you think the crypto market is going to go up in the year 2024... Um, we've already seen what this past run-up does for DeFi. Uh, a legit, like, bull market, bull market can only spell really good things for the DeFi sector. So, as always, um, as of right now, uh, I, you, you guys saw me on Twitter. I did make a DeFi play a couple weeks ago. But as of right now, I am probably going to see if price drops and then maybe re-enter some positions there. That's the way I'm going to play it. Let's go ahead and talk about the positions we currently have in the portfolio and how I feel there. Uh, now, there's an idea floating around uh, with many people that this next uh, bull market is going to be a lot less about Ethereum tokens and a lot more about some of these upstarts coming in, like Solana, like Avalanche, you know, like some of your major layer twos like Aptos and Optimum. Um, and I agree, I think some of the market share is going to go that way, but not as much as people are probably thinking. 
I think when it comes to something like this, and as the crypto market and your average crypto investor matures, they are going to seek out what they know, and they're going to seek out the tried and true, things they can actually trust. Because your average crypto investor, as they get more mature, they have seen some things that they never want to experience again. So it is for this reason that I am a happy holder and will continue to hold Uniswap tokens. Uh, Uniswap has had some ups and downs through the past year in 2023, but it just, again, it's one of those things where they fight through the downs and it just makes them stronger and stronger and more legitimate as time goes on. Plus, the next iteration of Ethereum is supposed to really clamp down on these obnoxious fees. I thought they were going to do that last time, but they didn't. And I'll bet they're wishing they did because people really are getting sick of paying high fees for a slow product when there are plenty of superior alternatives out there. But facts are facts. Ethereum is still number one in total value locked. It is still the chain that the most people use. And I don't see a dramatic change in that this next bull market. Like I said, some market share is going to go the other way. Of course it is. But for now, give me best of breed, and that is Uniswap. I'm probably never going to add on to it because I did get into this one pretty early, and I'm pretty happy with what I've allocated. Uh, but to me, it's all systems go for 2024 in Uniswap. Now, if you follow me on Twitter, if you don't, you can do so by clicking the link down below in the show notes, and you should, because I always keep people abreast of what I'm doing in the crypto market, and sometimes the stock market too, but I have added on to my Ave position. To me... Anything under $100 in Aave, why arbitrary numbers? I don't know. That's just the one I chose, is a good buy for me. And I'm happy adding on, even if I might be adding on at a midterm high, that's fine. I'm in Aave for the long term. And the reason why is because so are their investors. This is where the rich people go. This is the Goldman Sachs of the industry. And there is never anything wrong with being early to the Goldman Sachs of the industry. And I don't really see this changing. I think people are very happy with the product. And in a way, I'm getting best of breed here too. And as a contrarian, I love it too, because not a lot of people are looking at Aave. Not a lot of people are really looking at DeFi during this run-up. But the asymmetry for what they give me on the downside protection is exactly what I'm looking for. Remember, just because I don't mess around with these smaller coins doesn't mean I'm not looking for big gains. I am. And I feel like I can get that in the investments I make here while also protecting my downside, which is the one thing that people during an up market like this no longer think about. I will always be a good steward of my downside, even in a super volatile market like crypto. And Aave just fits all of that criteria. I am happy to add on to it. And for those of you who follow my portfolio, um, you may not have known this because, I mean, it's been a long time since I've talked about it. But I'm in another DeFi play. Uh, I've been in it. And I'm interested in adding more. Not right now, but maybe if price drops. And if you don't know it, before I reveal, let's go ahead and go back to DeFi Llama. Um, so they have the, I'm looking at the top 10 DeFi chains in terms of total value locked. And Ethereum, of course, is number one by far. Number two is Tron. But remember, the only reason like anybody uses Tron is to get Tether on a cheap blockchain which I think is great. It's given a lot of people access to dollars that weren't able to get access to dollars before. People think Justin Sun might be a criminal. I don't know anything about that. All I can say 
is I'm glad it exists for that reason, but there's almost no day-to-day activity on it. But it is number two. Without looking, can anybody guess number three? And I don't think this is going to change in a day. So I'm looking at this on Friday night. As of right now, number three, by far. And day-to-day, it does more volume than any other chain does by far. It is still the Binance Smart Chain. Do not ever underestimate the power of the Binance Smart Chain or the popularity of the Binance Smart Chain. It is used all over the world, but especially Asia. And regardless of what else comes out there, it is what they know, it is what they trust, and it is where they currently hold assets in. And the price is extremely cheap. I don't know if I was if I did most of my DeFi on Binance Smart Chain, if I would even be motivated to go to a cheaper chain, because how much cheaper can it even be? And is it worth learning about and uprooting everything I have here to move over there? And maybe the Binance Smart Chain isn't the distant future, but it is certainly the present. Like I said, in the last 24 hours, the volume here has more than doubled the second place chain, uh, which is Polygon, by the way. So it is for that reason, I am definitely looking to add on to my pancake swap holdings. It's so weird. It's a token that almost nobody talks about anymore. But it's very real, it's very popular, very active, and very relevant. You guys can have your new kids on the block. I think there is plenty, if not just as much, upside available in some of these more tried-and-true older tokens. Being able to survive a bear market, and not only survive, but continue to dominate in a bear market. If you can do that, then you're a place I want to be. I'm telling you, contrarians, you can make outsized gains in this market by acting more like a mature investor and less like a moon boy. You might not see these gains right away, but then again, you might. But that's not why we're here. We're here because we realize that we can make a lot of money investing where people aren't looking, still have good downside protection, and still have access to asymmetrical upside as we take profits along the way. Sound good to you? Good. Well, then, if you could do me one favor, if you want to give me one Christmas present, all I would ask is that if your podcast player allows you to rate and review this podcast, if you would do so, honestly, I used to ask this all the time on my old podcast, and I got a ton of reviews, and I almost never asked that on this podcast, and as a result, I don't have a lot of them. So if you could help me out there, please do, and if you're listening to this on YouTube, please hit the like button. It's very easy. And get ready for the end of the year podcast next week where we go over how I did for my 2023 predictions. Spoiler alert, rather shitty. But we'll worry about that next week. In the meantime, everybody, have a happy holidays. And as you are celebrating those holidays around your normie family members, just understand that no matter what they say, we're not crazy. We are just early.